Welcome to The Torch, a podcast with Brian Gibbs presenting biblical insights and prophetic perspectives for cultural and current events in this hour, contending for personal revival, national awakening, and generational reformation. Produced by Victory, a church of his presence, and Light the Fire Ministries coming to you from Sarasota, Florida. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to The Torch. This is Brian Gibbs coming to you from Sarasota, and it is a beautiful day here in Florida. Hope you're doing fantastic. Thanks for jumping in. Thanks for being part of the podcast today. Those of you that are listening, obviously those of you that are watching as well, welcome. And um, I feel awake. I feel human. I feel alive. Last time we were together, I was uh, beyond exhaustion. I feel great today. Uh, I am back from my trip from Washington, D.C., and uh, just so blessed. Thank you for all of your prayers. Uh, I mean it. Uh, for, for my wife and I, for our kids, for our ministry, everything. Guys, I want to thank you so much uh, for your prayers as I was on my assignment at the Supreme Court. And uh, great to be with you back in the studio. Josiah and I are here today. It's a beautiful morning in Sarasota. Uh, I believe this podcast is going to be powerful today, just believing for a rich anointing and uh, really for the impartation of the Holy Spirit. That's what it's all about. Uh, it's not about um, even our face, our name, our ministry. This is about pointing people to Jesus. Uh, everyone understands that we are in a very urgent hour. We are in a very crisis hour. And we are pressing into the greatest awakening on planet Earth. We are pressing in for pure revival and the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit the Earth has ever seen before the return of our King Jesus. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen or a witness from somebody out there? And I'm hearing you by faith. Yes, I am. I know you're there. Listen, um, let's jump right in. I want to talk to you today just for the next few moments concerning the awakening of the conscience of our nation. And uh, I want to, want to jump right into the Word, jump right into prayer, and uh, let's just see how the Holy Spirit begins to navigate and direct this episode and leads us together. Father, I just praise you again for this time, for this opportunity. I bless our time together. I thank you for every friend. I thank you for every partner. I thank you for every new partner, Lord. Those that are joining in with us, Father. And I pray that your anointing is so powerful. I pray that there is a fire upon this episode. Hallelujah. I just felt that. Father, I pray there is a fire, a holy burning fire, the fire of your holiness that comes upon this episode and that, Lord, you just supersede and even go beyond what I'm able to articulate in the natural and that there is an impartation of your anointing. I pray for an impartation, uh, impartation of boldness, hallelujah, of courage and authority in this hour. I pray for an impartation of your heart, Lord, your heart, your desires, your will burning in us this day. In the name of Jesus, I just bless the entirety of this episode. And again, I thank you for all of those that will be a part with us today. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Let's shout an amen. Come on. 
All right, so I am in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 18. We looked at this verse just a couple months ago together, but I want to jump back into it because I want to speak concerning Roe v. Wade today uh, once again. And uh, then we're going to go some some different unique places that I felt the Holy Spirit was just burning upon my heart in preparation and in prayer early this morning for this episode. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 18, it says, Therefore the Lord will wait that he may be gracious to you. I love that. Now, before I read the rest of this verse, that's a powerful truth. It says that the Lord will wait so that he can be gracious to us. And that just really exemplifies or amplifies the patience of God, the forbearance of God, the long suffering of God. That's powerful. So therefore the Lord will wait that he may be gracious to you and therefore he will be exalted that he may have mercy on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. Hallelujah. That's so good. Moving on to Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 15, it says that when justice is done, it brings joy to the righteous, but terror to the evildoer. I love that. I think we need to be reminded today and freshly stirred to remember our God is a God of justice. And when his justice is brought forth, even in his patience, even in his long suffering, even in his forbearance, as the Lord is patient, he is desiring to pour out mercy upon America. He is desiring to pour out grace upon America because he is a God who is full of grace, full of mercy, but he's also a God of justice. And also it says there, it says when justice is done, it brings forth, excuse me, it brings forth joy to the righteous, but terror to the evildoer. I love that. And I'm declaring that promise today. Another promise I want to declare today is the declaring of the overturning of Roe v. Wade very soon and the United States of America to the glory of God. I believe there is about to be great rejoicing from the Carolinas to California, from Hawaii to Alaska to Florida. Great rejoicing in our nation for the overturning of Roe v. Wade. And I want to say, let there be joy to the righteous today. Let there be joy to the righteous today. Let there be terror to the evildoer. And I'll tell you what, I want to jump into just another prayer right now over all of our Supreme Court justices together as we're just hitting this today. Father God, we just, we take these moments together. We join our faith. We join our faith right now together. We declare over our Supreme Court justices, over their families, supernatural peace. We release supernatural comfort enveloping their hearts, Lord, enveloping their minds. We speak divine protection, Father, over their families as a shield of holy fire around them, Lord, that there will be refreshing. Lord, bring them refreshing from the ministry of the Holy Spirit today and refreshing from your ministering angels and your warring angels today. Father, we declare every attack of fear, every attack of intimidation, every attack of witchcraft over their lives come to nothing and be severed in Jesus' mighty name. 
And Father, we declare over this chaos around their homes, all that has been released upon them and their families. Lord, over this chaos, we speak the peace of the Lord. We speak peace to this storm that you will divert everything that has come upon them and that, Lord, you will align our Supreme Court justices and their assignment and their alignment to your heavenly throne in Jesus' name. And we declare together the overturning of Roe v. Wade to the glory of God. And Father, we declare over the heart of America that this prodigal nation shall return, shall return home to the Father's heart. We declare this over our beloved America together in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I was reading some Leonard Ravenhill. Um, I've, I, obviously, I quote Leonard so often here on The Torch. It was such an impact upon my life, an ongoing impact. Even though he is in the cloud of witnesses in heaven today, um, his life and his messages and his writings just have been such a fire in my life. And I thank God for Leonard Ravenhill. And I thank God for, uh, I'm looking forward to spending time with him in eternity as well. Leonard Ravenhill said these powerful words. He says, we have reached a time in history that the church must wake up, stand up, and speak up, or else it must fold up. Let me read that again. He says, we've come to a time in history where the church must wake up, stand up, and speak up, or it needs to fold up. That's right. I believe that. I believe this is no time to be silent. I believe this is a time where every believer, not just those in pulpits, obviously those in pulpits, I don't understand the silence in the pulpits. I'm not even going to act like I understand the silence in the pulpits throughout America right now. But I'm telling you, every believer needs to be standing up and declaring righteousness and declaring truth in this hour. I, uh, As I was at the Supreme Court, <clears throat> obviously there was there was so many groups of protesters coming in and it, we have seen something just emerge out of our country there's an entire generation that has grown up in america with a culture that will do almost anything for their own self-indulgences and they do it declaring that it's their own rights <clears throat> and sadly we have um, we've seen a society in the united states that is so obsessed with themselves that they're willing to act without restraint. It's this brazen strutting around, mocking all that is sacred, mocking all that is righteous. And what it comes from, the Word of God says it's out of a seared conscience. Before I go into this, though, I'll tell you, as I was back in Washington just days ago, and I was watching a lot of these demonstrations happen, just the emotions and the pain of it was just overwhelming. But I also felt the just the burning heart of the Lord and the conviction of the Lord over these young women, over these individuals. And I began to cry out, Lord, may they have an encounter with you. May your grace, may your patience over them and your grace and your mercy pour out on these lives. And I, I was just calling forth for the Lord to give these young women encounters with him. And I was praying and just declaring, Lord, one day they're going to look back and see themselves in their past life before they came to you and realized 
the deception that they were under, the spirits that they were operating in, and that they will look back and they will see your grace. They will see your mercy. They will see your loving kindness and your patience over their life, and they will see your hand of deliverance upon them. And I just ask you to begin to pray that with me. I know you are. I know I know this audience. Back to the seared conscience. This is biblical. This is what this is what Paul said concerning or speaking to his spiritual son, young Timothy. He said that they would be speaking lies. This is first Timothy chapter four, verse two. He said they were will be speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their their own conscience seared with a hot iron. What does that mean? Having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. It means literally that their conscience has become desensitized. It means their conscience has become dead. It means their conscience is in desperate need of resurrection life to come back to life. And ladies and gentlemen, I submit this to you today. America is in desperate need of an awakened conscience. And I want to go on the record here to tell you that the the conscience of the United States can only be awakened by the authority of the word of God. It requires the word of righteousness being preached with the anointing. Let me say that again. It requires the word of righteousness being preached with the anointing and preached with burning conviction. If we're going to awaken the conscience of the United States, it requires the preaching and, and the authority, the final authority of this right here, of the word of God, burning with conviction, burning with righteousness, burning with anointing. That's what's going to be or going to bring an awakening of righteousness and revival in this hour. Proverbs chapter, or excuse me, Romans chapter 10, Romans chapter 10, verse four, it says, how can they call on him whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him whom they have not yet heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? That means it requires a voice. And I'm not just talking about those that, that have a pulpit in a sanctuary. I'm talking about all of us together being a voice for God with burning conviction. Those that will stand for truth, we, can't be, we cannot be silent any longer. Those that will rise up and declare and speak, to, speak the truth. How will, they not, how will they not know? How will they not hear without a preacher, without those who will boldly go forth and testify, this is the word of the Lord. This is the good news of the gospel. Hebrews chapter 4, in verse 12, it says, the word of God is living, it is powerful, it is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit and of the joints and of the marrow. It is a discerner of the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. That's what we need. We need the sword of the Lord penetrating the conscience and the soul of man. The word of God spoken under the anointing, with the anointing. America needs the word of God preached with a fire anointing. America needs the word preached with a fire anointing. Not these stupid TED talks, not these inspirational, stupid fluff talks that appeal to the unrenewed soulish mind or the mind that is warring against God. It requires the anointing to, to destroy the yoke of bondage. 
The anointing comes from preaching the word of God with authority and conviction under the Holy Ghost. You can't do that with TED Talks. You can't do that with inspirational fluff. Now, back to this issue of abortion. I believe with all of my heart we are going to see Roe v. Wade overturned. I believe it with all my heart, and I am declaring freedom and victory to our country and that this curse is going to be purged as we see this overturned. Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 16. These six, six things are things that the Lord hates, and yes, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among the brethren. Let me go back to this verse 17. This is what God hates. He says, I hate hands that shed innocent blood. Now, Jeremiah chapter 8. I want to go into this today. Jeremiah chapter 8 and verse 12. This is the prophet to Israel. He asked the question, were they ashamed when they committed abominations? Now, he was dealing with his own generation, those who had a seared conscience. They had a dead conscience. They needed, they, they needed a resurrection in the life of their conscience. He says, were they ashamed when they committed these abominations? He goes on, he says, no. They were not ashamed at all, nor did they even know how to blush. Therefore, they shall fall among those who fall in their time of punishment. They shall be cast down, says the Lord. What is he speaking to here? He's speaking. He says, they don't, they don't even, when they commit these adulteries, they don't even, excuse me, when they commit these abominations, they don't even have the ability to blush over their own sins. They're not even moved by it. Now, again, the goal today here on the torch, you're on the torch. This is not chicken noodle soup for the soul here. You're on the torch. The goal in every episode here, we're not here to be provocative. We're here to be very real. And I realize that no matter what I say, and I also realize that we have a lot of enemies that are checking in and watching what we're saying as well. I realize that no matter what I'm going to say here on the torch is going to offend somebody Frankly, I have laid aside the fantasy that everyone is going to like me or everyone is going to applaud the message. Uh, but if you're offended, here's my advice. You need to go to Jesus and you need to go to the Word of God. And the Word of God needs to be your final authority because these issues, ladies and gentlemen, in the United States and throughout the world, these issues are not going away. You cannot ignore the cultural avalanche that's happening right in front of us. The church can't put our head in the proverbial sand right now. You have to choose to face it head on. You have to overcome evil with good. You have to take the sword of the Spirit. You have to take the Word of God spoken with love, spoken with compassion, spoken with authority, spoken with anointing that's going to bring change. You cannot be silent about these issues. I, I've told this story before, and, and this story is like so many other stories in many churches that I've spoken at. I was invited just a couple years ago to speak at a mega church, and after the message, I was sorely rebuked, sorely reprimanded for speaking about the issues of abortion, speaking about homosexuality. I was told that these are political issues and that we're, I'm not allowed to speak about these political issues from that pulpit. 
And unfortunately, that particular minister, and like many other ministers that I was confronted with in this hour, they are playing it safe while acting like all along, like they're walking in wisdom. They're not, they're not walking in wisdom. They're being cowards. That's what they're doing. They don't want to speak to these issues in the church because they're deemed political. They're not political issues. They're biblical issues. And so in the, in the pulpits of America, we have to stop being cowards. Can I get an amen out there? You know, it was King George III who said concerning the pulpits of America during the Revolutionary War, it was King, King George III. He said it wasn't just their militia that was their secret source of power. He said it was their pulpits. It was their messengers. It was their preachers. It was their pastors that was the secret source of power. And he wanted to stop them. He wanted to silence them. He demanded that every preacher in America send their sermon notes back to England to be investigated. We see that in Canada happening right now with Trudeau and their government. This is happening all over the nations right now. But King George III, he said, their secret source of power is their preachers. That can't be said in this hour. That is not the majority. We are a remnant. We're within the remnant right now that is still a voice crying out to our nation. George Orwell, he wrote in his famous book, 1984, he said, in times of universal deceit, telling the truth becomes a revolutionary act. What am I saying, ladies and gentlemen? I'm saying to you, we cannot be silent any longer. We have to rise to the, the occasion, right? A very, listen, a very, very prominent minister of the gospel, very prominent pastor. He's known nationally right here in America. He's known, frankly, he's known internationally. Was on the phone with me, I remember, after my first book, this book, Unstoppable and Un Unquenchable Fire, after this first book, came out, I'll never forget the phone call when he called to me and literally in tears was repenting and said, Brian, after 40 years of ministry, he had only spoken a message on the subject of abortion one time. And in, and in confidence and in private, he renounced being silent to me and said, Brian, I've repented to the Lord, but I wanted to call you to tell you I have renounced this and I've repented of it and I'm not going to be silent any longer. It was Dietrich Bonhoeffer's famous words, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who said, silence in the face of evil, it is evil itself and God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak and not to act is to act. The words of Martin Luther King Jr., great reformer, civil rights leader, obviously touched the world, but specifically right here in the United States. He said to ignore evil is to become an accomplice to it. Let me say that again. To ignore evil is to become an accomplice to it. Now, sadly, these kind of warnings are most appropriate for the church of the United States right now. As it was in any time of history, there is an evil, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, beyond the scale, beyond the scale presently of the Holocaust right now, a murdering of over 60 million souls, over 62 million destinies, lives, young boys, young girls, 
We've moved way beyond just killing babies. Now it's dismembering babies, selling baby parts, murdering, murdering, struggling infants who have survived the brutality of abortion. Now in some states, we know mothers are able to kill their own babies out of the womb seven up to seven days after birth, up to 30 days after birth. This is just despicable evil. It's evil. My God. We have reached a time. Here's Leonard Ravenhill. We have reached a time in history that the church must wake up. It must stand up. It must speak up or it needs to fold up. America has lost its soul, ladies and gentlemen. America has a seared conscience. Listen, this is why we understand. This is why we preach with fire. This is why we're here on the torch to say, this is why we must have awakening. This is why we must have pure revival, not a move of man, not a move of hype, not a move of gimmicks, not a move of adrenaline. We need a move of the pure spirit of God, the fire of the Lord upon the United States of America. Jeremiah says, were they ashamed? Were they ashamed when they committed their abominations? No, they were not. They weren't ashamed at all. They couldn't even blush. Psalm chapter 119, verse 30, uh, verse 53, excuse me, says, Horror has taken hold of me because the wicked have forsaken your law. Let me read that again. Horror has taken hold of me because the wicked forsake your law. You're not going to hear this from these silly, seeker-sensitive churches, ladies and gentlemen. They're going to remain silent. They're not going to speak to this because they believe this is political rhetoric. This is where we've got to rise up. The army of God has got to rise up, take the word, and use the word and say, this is the standard, ladies and gentlemen. Congress needs to know this is the standard. Our Senate needs to know this is the standard. Our congressmen and women need to know this is the standard. This is the final authority over the United States. We've got to break the famine of the word of God in America. We've got to get back to the word of God being preached. We need a revival of the word of the Lord being preached. We need an awakening. We need messengers of the word of God being preached again. So I say, where is the church in this hour? Where's the outrage? Where's the sting of shame? Why aren't we weeping? Why aren't we tearing our own clothes in agony? Why aren't we laying face down? Why aren't we filling the altars when, when the calls are being given? Where, why aren't Americans even blushing? The church can hardly even blush in this hour. And I want to say very plainly, guys, if we're going to remain quiet, if we're going to remain silent, then all we are is cowards in this hour. But I want to tell you, we are not cowards. We are those who are standing up. We've got to stand together and openly denounce these hordes of hell. I refuse to be quiet. I refuse to accept all of this as our new normal. And I am declaring Roe v. Wade is going to be overturned to the glory of God. And I will tell you this, of course, evil is going to find its way to do its evil in the shadows and in the darkness. But I'm telling you, there is a great radiance of the king's face coming on America. The shine of heaven is going to hit America. And we are going to enter into the third 
greatest awakening and the greatest outpouring of the Spirit of God for the harvest of souls before the return of King Jesus. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen out there on the torch? Our founding father, one of our founding fathers, John Adams, he said our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to, to, to the government of any other kind. Thomas Jefferson, our third U.S. president, signer of the Declaration of Independence, he warned us, he said this, God who gave us life and liberty, and can the liberties of a nation be thought secured when we have removed their only firm basis, a conviction, here it is, a conviction in the minds of the people that these liberties are a gift from God. Notice what Jefferson is going back to. He's talking about the conscience of man. And yet we're dealing with, with a generation who has a seared conscience. Let me go back to his words. He said, can the liberties of a nation be thought secured when we have removed its only firm basis, the conviction in the minds of the people that these liberties are a gift from God and that they cannot be violated yet by his wrath? Indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just and that his justice will not sleep forever. I'll tell you, that's a bullseye right there, ladies and gentlemen. That is why we are giving all of our efforts now to be a voice for God. All of our efforts towards turning America back to God. All of our efforts towards breaking in now to this third great awakening to stop this runaway train in America. The only supernatural resource to transform the conscience of America is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Make no mistake about it. That's what it requires. Psalm 119, verse 136, rivers of water run down from my eyes because men do not keep your law. Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 1, oh, if only my head were a pool of water and my pool of waters and my eyes a fountain of tears that I would weep day and night for all the people who have been slaughtered. Guys, listen, listen good. We're about to close here in the next few moments. America's walls have been broken down. America's walls and gates have been burned down. Our authority has been burned down. It seems like every vile and abominable thing of evil has flooded into this nation right now, taking it captive, all that it wishes. But God is now searching. Listen, those of you that are listening, God is searching for righteous men right now. He's searching for righteous women that will take a stand on the behalf of America. And I pray to God that it will be you. Those of you that are watching, those of you that are listening, God is searching the eyes of the Lord are running to and fro throughout the earth, seeking whose hearts are loyal unto him in this hour, that he might show himself strong on their behalf. Listen, God sought for a man and a woman in Ezekiel's day. The, the sins and the wickedness of Israel were unbelievable. They were raging. And God was seeking to avert judgment over Israel. And that's why he was looking for those that would burn with his hearts. 
I want to give you this in closing. In Ezekiel chapter 22, I want you to look at it later. In Ezekiel chapter 22, it, it, this is what you see when you look at Israel. Israel was far from God. Israel was lewd. Israel was proud. The leaders of their nation were ravenous wolves. They were abusing their God-given power. Hello. Israel had forsaken God. The nation had grown weak. It had grown worse and worse. They had grown worldly. They had grown powerless. And God was about ready to make them a laughingstock within the secular world. He says in Ezekiel 22, verse 4, he says, Therefore, I have made thee a reproach among the heathen or among the Gentiles and a mocking to all the countries. Now, here's what you find in Ezekiel 22. Here's a snapshot of what of how bad it got in their nation. See if this connects any dots to America right now. This is Ezekiel 22. They were filled Israel was filled with idolatry. They were filled with bloodshed. They were filled with corruption of their institutions, corruptions and all their pillars of government. They had corrupted officials. They had rampant immorality. Their mothers and fathers were forsaking their children. There was corruption in their businesses and their taxes. This is all in Ezekiel chapter 22. There was extortion. There was greed. There was a defiance of God. There was a defiance of the word of God. The land had come become defiled because of all of its national sins. If you look at the priest in Ezekiel's day, they were distorting the word of God. They were leading the nation into greater error and apostasy. God did not want to send judgment. He desired to avert judgment by sending mercy upon them. Now, remember, where were we at at the front of this train? God is a God of justice. He waits. God waits patiently so that he might show forth his mercy. Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30. Listen to this. God says to Ezekiel, I looked for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness that guards the land. Let me read that again. I look for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness to guard the land. I search for someone to stand in the gap in the wall that I wouldn't have to destroy the land, but I found no one. That's sobering. God says the exact same thing to the prophet Jeremiah. Listen to this. He tells Jeremiah, run to and fro throughout the streets of Jerusalem. See and now know this and seek in her open places if I can find a man. If there is anyone who executes judgment, judgment, he who seeks truth. And if you find them, I will pardon her. That's Jeremiah chapter five, verse one. He said he told the prophet, he says, I'll, I'll pardon the entire nation if I can just find one man to stand in the gap. That's all I need. One yielded individual. Now, obviously, this is speaking to the perfect man in Christ Jesus who would come and pour out his own blood so that he could pour out mercy and grace that would triumph over judgment. All of this is pointing, obviously, to the, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. But now God is looking in our generation and our time. Will you be an ambassador? Will you be a messenger? Will you take the word of faith? Will you take the word of hope? Will you take the gospel of glory to our generation? Christ in you is the hope of our generation. 
I believe that you will be God's ambassador, my friend. I believe that you will be God's voice of righteousness. I believe you will be God's reformer. I believe you, my friend, will be God's healer. I believe you, my friend, will rise up and be God's mender and restorer. I believe God's going to send you to schools. I believe God's going to send you to governments. I believe God's going to send you to nations. I believe he's going to send you to families. I believe God's going to send you to media and to the arts and to the courts. I believe that God's going to send you to the, the gates of culture to shape culture and not retreat from this war and from this fight, but to go into it with the torch of his presence, with the torch of his glory. God's sending you to be his voice in this hour. It's not just the job of those who have pulpits. It's the job of every, every believer to speak out with moral clarity moral righteousness, and with justice. And I pray in Jesus' name that you will speak with love. You will speak with burning, intense love. Not a weak love. Not a, not a false unity love that bow down, bows down to everything and just tries to blend into everybody. No, a love that stays out from the world and the spirit of this age. A love that is pure. A love that burns with the word of the Lord and with the word of righteousness. And I pray that I pray that you will be God's messenger and you will speak and see the God of justice move through you. One last time before I close, I'm going to quote Leonard Ravenhill once again. We have reached a time in history that the that the church needs to wake up, speak up and stand up or it must fold up. Guys. I am so thankful that you've been with us in these moments on the torch. I pray those of you that are listening, those of you that are watching, <laughs> I know I'm spitting today, this poor microphone. Guys, it has been great to be with you, and I pray that the Lord uses this to strengthen you and encourage you in your divine assignment. You have a specific role. Do not minimize what God is doing through your life or what he's going to do in the coming seasons some of you have been in such preparation for years. It's about to be your time. God's going to have you step up on a greater platform. He's going to use you. And the greatness of God and the glory of God is going to be seen upon your countenance and through your voice. There's going to be fire in your belly. There's going to be tears in your eyes. And you're going to have the word of the Lord. And it's, not, it's again, it's not just in churches. It's in every sphere of society. Listen, guys, I love you. I bless you on the behalf of my wife and I, on the behalf of Victory, a church of his presence here in Sarasota, on the behalf of Light the Fire Ministries, all of our partners throughout the country. Thank you for being with us. Find us on victoryfla.com. Download our app today, our Victory FLA app today. You want to make plans to be with us this summer. August 12th, 13th, and 14th with my dear friends Dutch Sheets, Pastor John Kilpatrick, and myself. We'll be ministering for three days here in Sarasota. We're going to be having a mega prayer rally as well for America during the conference. You don't want to miss that. It will be live streamed, so we, we will be sending the stream throughout the country and beyond on the web. It's going to be a powerful time. We're going to be opening registration very soon. You can register for that, again, for our Glory and Fire Conference here in Sarasota. And uh, we look forward to being with you. Guys, we love you. Thank you for your prayers. 
thank you for sowing financially into our ministry. I just, um, I want to, uh, just, just came into my mind while I was sharing. I want to just thank those partners and brand new partners that reached out to me when I was in D.C. Um, I had people see me on Fox News, which I had no idea they even that I was being videoed at that point. But um, uh, had people reach out to me and share that they were getting on our website and giving, thanking me for going to D.C., thank, thanking me for being an ambassador. Guys, I'm so moved by your generosity, and I, and I mean it. Whatever the gift if it, gift is, if it's $10, if it's $100, whatever it is, guys, we celebrate every gift. And speaking of, every gift that's been coming in for our miracle building property, guys, we are so moved by what is happening, the abundance that is coming in. I pray that you would that you would ask the Lord, pray about what he would have you do, concerning giving and helping us. Maybe the Lord would have you partner with us, $10 a month or $20 a month, whatever that is. You can go to our giving page. You can give directly right there at victoryfla.com. Scroll down on our giving page to our Miracle Building Fund. And again, I thank you so much. I love you guys. Remember this, until we meet again, the future doesn't belong to the God haters nor to the God mockers. The future belongs to the righteous and God's righteous are bold as lions. I love you guys. Keep the fire burning.